from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of Indiana. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. The greatest spectacle in racing. As they come to green, this is the Indianapolis 500 for everybody to see. The world's greatest spectacle in racing, part of the driving force behind a surge in motorsports investments in central Indiana. Find out what's fueling the growth from one of the biggest names in auto racing. Gambling coming soon to Terre Haute. The timeline on when the new casino there opens and the potential payoff for Vigo County. And a TikTok tour through Indiana's newest dining hall destination in Fort Wayne. One of the many ready-to-eat markets like this gaining around the state. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Indianapolis, long billed as the motorsports capital of the world and with good reason. After all, it's the home of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but there's also big economic impact. The motorsports industry contributes an estimated $1.2 billion annually to the state's gross domestic product. And there are more signs this week the industry is shifting into a higher gear. The Indianapolis 500. Indiana is home to more than 300 motorsports-related businesses, employing nearly 5,000 workers. The list includes a dozen IndyCar teams, and three high-profile teams are placing big bets on their futures in Indy. Andretti Global, the parent of Andretti Autosport, broke ground this week on a $200 million headquarters in Fishers, an investment that could mean 500 jobs and create a base of operations for the team's IndyCar, Indy Lights, and IMSA programs, as well as advanced research and development for the teams. Right here behind us in lots 10 and 11 will be our new headquarters for all of our various brands, whether it be Graham Ray Hall Performance, Ray Hall Paint Protection, Ducati Indianapolis, uh, Graham Ray Hall on, on the racing side of things, the Graham McCourtney Ray Hall Foundation, everything will be housed right here. In October, the youngest of the racing Ray Halls made a $20 million commitment to build an all-in-one automotive campus. Just a stone's throw away from Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing's new headquarters in Zionsville's Creekside Park, a cutting-edge facility that will serve as a hub for Ray Hall's Brownsburg-based IndyCar team and its Columbus, Ohio sports car teams. And United Kingdom-based McLaren Racing announced plans to spend about $25 million on a new facility for its IndyCar team in Whitestown, a project expected to create 175 jobs. Those high-profile projects in addition to what's happening at the world's greatest race course, where Roger Pinsky has invested $20 million in improvements since acquiring IMS three years ago, with more expected. Some big investment. Downtown Indianapolis also playing host this week to the biggest brands in the business, the 34th annual PRI trade show at the Indiana Convention Center. Our Mary Rachel Redman is standing by with more, including uh, a special guest. Mary Rachel. 
Thanks, Gary. Well, it's the big kahuna for any and all in motorsports, and it happens every year here in the racing capital of the world. It's called the Performance Racing Industry Trade Show, also known as PRI, and it draws over 70,000 from around the globe to Indianapolis. It features the latest technology, gizmos, and gadgets that race teams are looking for to get an edge on the track. And the guy that kicked it all off, Tony Stewart, three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and team owner, joins me. Tony, why, why is PRI so important for, for, for racing? Well, as soon as the season is over, this is what everybody's looking forward to. It's for all the manufacturers. This is where they showcase their new products for the next season. For the teams and the drivers, they, they come to the show because, A, they want to see the products, but they're also trying to work deals with all these companies to help support their programs for the next race season. You know, and, and kind of to expand on that a little bit, you know, just for the non-motorsports folks out there, I mean, what's the big draw here? For racers, they're always trying to find ways to make their cars faster. To do that, all these manufacturers that are producing products, uh, whether it's engine parts or lubricants or trailers to get your cars to the racetrack, everybody showcases their products here. So even the teams that are on top are always trying to find a competitive advantage and they're working their deals with all these companies to uh, A, see what's better because you're always trying to make parts lighter, uh, stronger, but most of all faster. So they're always trying to find who's got the best products and uh, like I said, everybody's trying to find ways to make their budgets a little bit more uh, frugal and trying to get uh, sponsorships and partnerships with these companies. Talk about the evolution of technology. I, I think it's fascinating. It used to be you know, a lot of race car guys, the guys that were working on engines, maybe they didn't have a college education, but now with this technology, how have you seen that evolve and, and I guess the education that's involved with that? Yeah, I think when I started in motorsports in you know the late 70s, which I hate kind of admitting how old I am because of that but what we used to see is you used to see guys that just in their head had great ideas and not all the ideas worked but it was in their head they drew it out they made it they tested it on the racetrack and got results and uh, if it didn't work they found a way to tweak it and make it better nowadays you have technology that just keeps ramping it all up uh, it takes guys that aren't as talented on the crew chief side and the engineering side, but now these are engineers that can take the technology and be just as fast as guys that have been doing this in the industry for, for years. You know, Indiana's become uh, you know, a hotbed for, for motorsports investment. Um, you're a part of that. Why? It's all I've known all my life. I mean, I have I live, eat, breathe, sleep motorsports and racing. So whether it's our NASCAR teams, our sprint car teams, our NHRA drag race teams, uh, our sprint car series, our racetrack that we own, I, that's what my life revolves around is motorsports. So uh, my wife's a, an NHRA drag racer, so that's what our family does. We're just involved in motorsports, and that's all we care about. That's amazing. So, so your wife is a, a drag racer with mm -hmm. you, an NHRA drag Yeah. Well, you were just married last year, is that right? Mm -hmm. Congratulations, Thank by you. the way. So it's a racing family. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, and the hard part is, I guess I say it's the hard part, but it's probably one of the most rewarding parts as well. Is she's she drives for us. So we, we leave the racetrack as a couple. We get to the racetrack, we're still a couple, but then we kind of switch gears, and she's my driver, and I'm her car owner. So that dynamic changes, and uh, then at the end of the day, when we leave the racetrack, we. We're still kind of in that that owner and driver mode till we get to dinner, and then we we remember that we're a married couple, and we kind of put the racing stuff on the back burner for the night. Are you still racing? I am. I uh, 
we get to race this awesome sprint car occasionally and uh, you know we dabbled a little bit in the, the world of drag racing last fall at Las Vegas so uh, we got some some plans working we just haven't got them announced yet but I'm gonna be back behind the wheel quite a bit next year any chance of retirement anytime soon well, I retired from Cup in 16 and I I totally screwed up what retirement's like because literally last year was the busiest year of my life so uh, but you know I love doing what I'm doing uh, I get to do it with my wife and uh, you know I love all of our guys that work for our race teams and uh, like I said we're a racing family and this is this is what we love doing Tony thank you for for your time Tony Stewart Hoosier and racing legend Gary back to you all right, Mary Rachel, thank you. Well, the business of motorsports also taking off near the home of the cradle of drag racing in Hendricks County, where the new Commerce Park there at Brownsburg is taking shape near Lucas Oil Raceway, home of the NHRA U.S. Nationals. The 47-acre project designed to promote research and development and manufacturing for the auto sports industry and is expected to drive $100 million into the area economy. By the way, the U.S. Nationals the most prestigious drag racing event in the world. Well, the only place to earn a degree in motorsports engineering, right in the heart of the racing capital of the world, IUPUI. Coming up next, how a proposed science and technology corridor on campus could fuel more growth in the world of STEM and beyond. It's time to go inside innovation. Well, innovation, technology, and talent among the topics at this week's Engage Indianapolis event. More than 500 people attended the fourth in a series of events held around the state this year, focusing on key issues facing regional economies, hosted by IBJ Media, Inside Indiana Business, and the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. It included a fireside chat with IBJ Media CEO Nate Feldman, Governor Holcomb, and Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers, and a panel discussion that revealed details about IU's plans for a science and technology corridor on the campus of IUPUI. IU VP of Engagement Michael Huber tells me the project can be transformative. Think about the concentration of STEM students and faculty from Indiana and Purdue in the same area in downtown with room to grow. Um, it, certainly, Indiana University has a lot of scientific capabilities that, that we need to grow in response to the current workforce challenges. Informatics, artificial intelligence, supercomputing, I mean, those are things that IU does really well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. We want to be responsive to the needs of our workforce here in central Indiana, but also prepare to take advantage of opportunities like CHIPS Act and things like that coming down the pike. Huber says Purdue is also part of that vision that could add thousands of science, technology, engineering, and math students in downtown Indianapolis. Well, a longstanding partnership will continue between the state's largest military installation and research university. NSA Crane and IU renewing their joint program to educate and train the next generation of STEM workers. New leadership at Roche Diagnostics North America in Indianapolis. Brad Moore taking over as president and CEO at the first of the year. Moore will succeed and report to Matt Souse, who was recently named CEO of Roche Diagnostics globally. Coming up next, Terre Haute's new convention center sparking a new strategic plan for the city's downtown. Plus an update on progress on the Queen of Terre Haute Casino and when it might open. 
And looking ahead to what the IBJ will have this week, what's behind growth, surging growth at Indianapolis-based startup Connected and the tools it offers for LinkedIn users. Simon Property Group looking to revive brick and mortar sales. And Jeff Smolian with the lowdown on his new memoir. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Well, we've got some big news for our viewers in the Wabash Valley. If you are watching us right now, you are watching on our new Terre Haute affiliate, WTWO. Inside Indiana Business will air each Sunday morning at 8.30, right before the Today Show. And we're really excited to bring Indiana Business News to TV2 Sunday mornings uh, and also throughout the week. Well, there are signs of economic momentum in downtown Terre Haute, fueled by the opening of the city's convention center last spring. How are things going? Well, Mayor Duke Bennett tells me early bookings have been strong, attracting a new restaurant that will be opening in the old terminal building nearby. The mayor says it has prompted revisions to the city's downtown strategic plan to reflect a need for private sector residential investment and new services like a grocery store and a drugstore. He tells me the next big thing will be two new hotels planned for the old IBM building. There'd be two new hotels there and be connected to the Hilton Garden Inn, which is connected to the convention center um, and a small parking garage to support both of those. So Tim Dora and Greg Gibson, you know, are the investors in that and they're working on the plans. And we look forward to being able to help with some local incentives uh, through our TIF district. We got some ready funds for that project. So um, looking forward to adding, you know, over 200 more hotel rooms downtown. Mayor Bennett also tells me the $260 million Queen of Terre Haute Casino will bring people an additional economic impact to the city, but he admits that will have to wait. He expects a casino opening to be delayed probably until the first quarter of 2024. It's time now for Ion Education, brought to you by PNC Bank. Well, more big news from Terre Haute, a very important day this week for Indiana State University. ISU receiving the largest individual donation in its history, $8 million from alumnus Steve Bailey and his wife Gloria, creating the Bailey College of Engineering and Technology. Now, it means more than a new name for the College of Engineering. It will create funds to support student scholarships, faculty additions, and ISU President Deborah Curtis tells me it will be uh, really directly fuel the state's talent pipeline. This College of Engineering and Technology naming is going to allow us to engage our students in greater opportunities to prepare for the workforce needs of the state of Indiana so badly needs. And of course, many of those are in the STEM fields. Uh, but these programs that will be will benefit from this gift are really going to uh, have a variety of ways in which students are going to get the very best possible education in Indiana State to be able to meet what employers are looking for out there in Indiana right now. And of course, then move the state of Indiana forward. Steve Bailey is a 1971 grad of ISU who went on to become CEO of Louisville-based Diesel USA Group. 
Here's what's making news now around Indiana. In Anderson, Nestle says it will invest $400 million to expand its facility there and add nearly 70 jobs. Now, the company is seeking a seven-year, 70% tax abatement on the planned expansion. The Anderson City Council will consider two resolutions next month. That plant currently employs more than 800 workers. To the south now, in Perry County, the push is on to get more remote workers. The Perry County Development Corporation launching the Remote Worker Incentive Program by partnering with Indianapolis-based job matching marketplace Make My Move. The campaign will use incentives and perks, including a $7,000 stipend designed to offset moving expenses and connect newcomers with local amenities. Well, he wears many hats, marketer, uh, event promoter, radio DJ, businessman. But most of all, Amp Harris is the epitome of a Hoosier with a servant's heart. He grew up in a rough Indianapolis inner city neighborhood, single mom, youngest of eight, and a witness to his stepdad murdering his brother. Fast forward to today, Amp Harris has become a beacon of hope for young people. Two of his biggest events, a holiday gift giveaway and an annual celebrity basketball game. Harris says he sees celebrity as a key to getting through to troubled teens. No matter if you're white, black or purple, you just come from humble beginnings. But I now use the celebrity to tell a story about because a lot of them come from those same environments. Now we sit down and we talk. We don't talk about basketball. We don't talk about movies. We don't talk about music. We literally talk about life. An in-depth, really eye-opening conversation with community difference maker Amp Harris on the next Business and Beyond podcast. That starts Monday at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Well, another AMP we're showcasing this week, the innovative culinary concept uh, space at 16 Tech here in Indy. One of many Indiana ready-to-eat food markets we're sampling in this month's Trendiana. Well, food halls have been around for decades, but are now increasing in popularity in a big way as consumers look for more options. Yelp's Brittany Smith joins us now from the AMP in Indianapolis and takes us inside some uh, food halls popping up all over the state. Brittany, welcome. Thanks so much, Gary. Great to be here. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I, would, I talk about a trend and how these are becoming more popular. There are numbers that support this is a huge trend, not only here in the U.S., but all over the globe. So true. Yeah, it was recently predicted that the ready-to-eat food market industry is going to grow globally by $72 billion between 2021 and 2026. And we're definitely seeing this in Indiana with food halls popping up left and right and more to come in the next year. Wow, those are big numbers. You are at the AMP, uh, a food hall in the 16 yes. tech development on the near northwest side of Indianapolis, uh, a, a huge tech live work play uh, development. Tell us about the AMP. Yeah, you're going to see both culinary and retail concepts here. One of the things that really stands out at the AMP is that the businesses are housed in colorful shipping containers. So it's really fun and playful as you're exploring the different food stalls. So many different businesses located under one roof. For example, you'll find Tinker Coffee. You've got Pumpkin Pies, Sweet Pies, Circle City Sweets is one of the first businesses that join all under one roof. And then something to think about with the holidays on the horizon, they've actually got a Six Ways Wonderland market that's coming up. It's going to be a two-day indoor gift market uh, the weekend of December 16th. And then they also are the home to the Indy Winter Farmers Market each weekend. So it's a really fun spot, you know, to check out not only for food, but also to pick up some gifts. 
All right, truly a, a statewide phenomenon. Let's go to Northeast Indiana, Fort Wayne. We were there recently, and I will tell you, there is so much development and activity going on in downtown Fort Wayne. One huge development, Electric Works and Union Street Market is part of that big project. Yeah, and they just opened up their space actually just a few weeks ago, uh, repurposing this beautiful bin, uh, building, as you mentioned. It's really fun to see. Actually, in most of these examples, it is older buildings that are having new life brought to them through these food halls. This particular one uh, includes two buildings. you got a West Hall and an East Hall with an atrium and 13 mer merchants that are currently serving, with five more expected to come in the coming weeks. Everything from barbecue and chicken to Kekianga Craft Company, a cider business, Conjure Coffee. So you can really find something for everyone under that roof. All right, let's go back here to Indianapolis and the Stutz, a historic building that is really undergoing a makeover and a, a food hall as part of that project. Yeah, another historic building over 100 years old, breathing new life into it. You've got artisan boutiques. You've also got a venue rental space, a co-working space. And then um, opening up here in January, we've got several businesses like Taqueria de Julieta, which is going to be a Mexican street uh, taco food concept. And then some great businesses like you know, Amelia's Bread Company, uh, Padishu, opening up new locations under that roof. So we've got several new ones opening up there in January. All right, let's go back up to northern uh, Indiana as we wrap up. Dainty Made Food Hall. That's uh, that's in South Bend. Yeah, right in the heart of downtown. It's a really fun spot. I had a blast visiting recently. It's a food hall with us, several businesses under one roof. You can actually sit down at a table, order through a QR code, and support multiple businesses in one transaction, and they'll bring it right to your table. So it's kind of got like a restaurant meets food hall concept to it. It's one of the popular dishes that stands out in the Yelp reviews is their breakfast ramen from the Breakfast Club. So they got a lot of fun global fusion on the menu, and it's right there in the heart of downtown South Bend. It's a really fun spot. Yeah, as I mentioned, Brittany, earlier, food halls... The concept has been around for a long, long time. What's really driving uh, this resurgence, if you will, uh, in food halls? Yeah, folks are really looking for ready-to-eat food. Um, having a lot of options kind of stands out. Folks love going to one place and supporting multiple businesses at once. It's a real crowd pleaser, and it's just really a fast and speedy way to um, have a meal while you're at it. And like we said, you're going to see so many of these coming up next year. Evansville has one on the horizon, city market redevelopment downtown, more to come. All right, Brittany Smith, as always, great insight, great information from around the state of Indiana coming to us from the AMP at 16 Tech. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Gary. All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week for Inside Indiana Business as we leave you. Some views of downtown Terre Haute. And again, we're excited for a new partnership, a new home in the Wabash Valley on WTWO. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.